Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Think video games fry your mind Game over. and make you stupid. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. You're lost. What is that ringing? Do I have a tumor? Now for this ultimate gamer. Who wants a shot at the champ? Who's going down? Desperate times. Josh has been spending our rent money on Filipino hookers. You're a hooker! I got evicted. Timmy, any chance I can crash on your couch tonight? Shut up. Call for desperate measures. This really cute chick said that I could sleep with her and her two crazy girlfriends. You remember my grandson, Alex? How old are you now? 36. You have a girlfriend? No. My grandson's gay, too. I'll give you his number. Why are you so tired? Because I was with three chicks last night. Don't tell me your roommates did that to you. They're crazy. They tied me up. That is legendary. You looking for Alex? We're his roommates. <laughs> You're the reason Alex has been tired all week? We ride him pretty hard. Oh, that is so gnarly. Now. I was putting up my Christmas tree. Dude, it's July. And uh, why are you naked? Oh my God, I am naked, come on in. From Level One Entertainment comes a comedy that proves. Don't judge me, monkey. You're never too old. This tea has quite a kick. (laughs) To come of age. I can hear my hair growing. Hey, uh, Sophie didn't die in the bed, did she? No. Good, good. She fell out of bed and died right here. Grandma's boy. Oh, oh, I died on the floor and nobody helped me. I swear to God, I would have helped you, Sophie. Please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. I would have helped you. I just wasn't here. Gotcha! Oh my God! You scary cat. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover the movie Grandma's Boy from 2006. The studio was 20th Century Fox. The release date was January 6, 2006. The running time, 94 minutes, with the rating of R. The budget was $5 million, and the box office only took in $6 million, making it the 174th ranked movie of 2006. Now, while it wasn't that popular in the box office, it did do really well through home video and made over 50 million through that. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 16% rotten from 63 reviews. Their critics' consensus is a gross-out comedy that's more gross than comedic. Grandma's Boy is lazy and unrewarding. Peter Hartlob from the San Francisco Chronicle gave it one out of four stars. Roger Ebert didn't bother to do a review, so this is what you get. And here's his... uh. Here's Hartlob's review. Grandma's Boy is an Adam Sandler comedy without Adam Sandler, which is kind of like getting a root canal without the dentist. (laughs) Amusing at times, but mostly bad. The movie is notable because of its trio of 70-ish female actors, Doris Roberts, Shirley Jones, and Shirley Knight. But while the film's name and the advertising campaign suggest that they're the center of the comedy, Grandma's Boy is really a video game movie first and a stoner movie second with the ladies in supporting roles. 
Sandler comedy regular Alan Covert, stars as Alex, a 35-year-old game tester who gets thrown out of his apartment and has to move in with his grandmother, Doris Roberts, and her two roommates. There's really no plot other than a late-developing romance with his supervisor, Linda Cardellini, and an even later developing conflict involving a game Alex invented. The Harold and Kumar go to White Castle's pot-smoking crowd will probably like Grandma's Boy. Video game enthusiasts, especially people who work in the industry, will also enjoy it more than most. The movie does a decent job of lampooning the geeked-out cubicle-dwelling of the average video game drone. But mostly Grandma's Boy is a bunch of pot jokes, masturbation jokes, and old people jokes, about 85% of which fall flat. Covert is subpar as the straight man, and his game-testing colleagues are mostly forgettable, with the exception of Cardellini, who turns out to be seriously hot when she isn't wearing her ER scrubs or her sexless Velma garb from the Scooby-Doo movies. Maybe she should have been Daphne. Doris Roberts walks away with her pride intact as the equivalent of Dorothy from the Golden Girls, and Shirley Knight is mostly forgettable channeling Rose. But the Partridge family matriarch Shirley Jones in the Blanche role is never going to live this one down. Shirley Jones, who was once a member of the conservative media watchdog Parents Television Council, plays a character who talks specifically about sex acts. She slept with Charlie Chaplin and Don Knotts, which is more disturbing than anything you'll see on Desperate Housewives. And that's the end of his review. So yes, this movie isn't for everyone, and the reviewer kind of touched upon that. I enjoy the film because I don't mind ridiculous comedies, and I am a fan of Adam Sandler and stoner movies. The video game angle, I couldn't care less about, but I was willing to go on the ride because I enjoyed the actors in the film. All right, let's get into the main cast. You get Alan Covert, who plays Alex, and if you're a fan of Adam Sandler, then you would definitely recognize Covert as one of Sandler's movie crew favorites. I've always respected that Adam Sandler sticks with his buddies, and you probably best remember Covert as Sandler's buddy who wears the red Michael Jackson jacket in The Wedding Singer. But let's go through all the movies he's been in prior to Grandma's Boy, and there's a lot. Airheads, Heavyweights, Happy Gilmore, Bulletproof, The Waterboy, Never Been Kissed, Big Daddy, Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo, Little Nicky, Mr. Deeds, Anger Management, Fifty First Date, and the Longest Yard remake with Adam Sandler. Yep, that's pretty much every single Adam Sandler film, plus movies Sandler is just involved with production-wise with his Happy Madison films. Linda Cardellini plays Samantha, and she grew up in Redwood City, which is near where I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. Her big break was on the tragically underrated TV series Freaks and Geeks, which should have been a big hit and produced many seasons instead of just the one season. She played Velma, as mentioned, in the live-action adaptation of Scooby-Doo in 2002. She also appeared in Brokeback Mountain prior to Grandma's Boy. And she is now constantly on a variety of TV shows, as well as uh, playing the wife of Hawkeye, Jeremy Renner, in the Avengers movies. Doris Roberts plays Grandma Lily, and Roberts had been acting on TV and film since the 1950s, even though younger audiences will always think of her as Ray Romano's mom on the sitcom Everyone Loves Raymond. Roberts died in 2016 at the age of 90. Shirley Jones plays Grace, and like Roberts, Jones started acting in the 1950s, appearing in many popular musical films like Oklahoma and Carousel and The Music Man, and she won an Academy Award for Best Actress for Elmer Gantry in 1960, but she'll always be best known for playing Shirley Partridge in the 1970s sitcom The Partridge Family. 
Nick Swartzen plays Jeff, and Swartzen is one of the funniest people out there. I just love his stand-up comedy and his specials. Uh, definitely check them out if you haven't already. He's also great in bit roles and a lot of the Adam Sandler-produced films like The Benchwarmers, Click, Blades of Glory. Just go with it, and that's my boy. You also, in this film, get other Sandler stalwarts like Kevin Nealon, Peter Dante, and also Jonah Hill in an early role, and of course, Joel David Moore. The director is Nicholas Goosen, and this would be Goosen's first feature film, and he would go on to mostly direct stand-up comedy specials and TV series. As I mentioned, this is produced by Happy Madison Productions, which of course is Adam Sandler's production company that he started in 1999, Happy being Happy Gilmore, and Madison being from Billy Madison. The movie starts with Alex, that's Alan Covert, and his buddy Josh, Jonathan Logren, playing a boxing video game in which the house looks like a college frat house, at least the cleanliness part of it, or lack of. Unfortunately, the guys are about to get evicted by their landlord, played by the always hilarious Rob Schneider, also a Bay Area guy. This is like if Tyson fought an infant. Ooh. I can't wait to punch you in the face while you're sleeping One, tonight. Two, get up, get up. Three. Saved by the bell. Come on, let me get in a bong hit before round two. Oh, look at that ass. You cheated, you dick. No, they didn't. Oh, the bog water reeks. Yeah, maybe if you cleaned it, it wouldn't smell like your girlfriend's ass. What's going on, fellas? What's up? How's it going? Um, who are you and why are you in my kitchen? Oh, uh, your landlord, he uh, hired us to pick up your stuff. This is bullshit. It's like Cypress Hill concert in here. I don't rent to those kind of people. Yuri, what the hell's going on? Alex, how are you? I'm good. Hmm. Well, for the last six months, you not pay me rent. So now, I no longer let you stay here, okay? All right, my friends, pack up everything, put on truck, okay? No, no, that's impossible. We've never missed a payment. Every month, I give Josh hundreds of dollars of my money, and then he writes you a rent check. Right, Josh? I love them so much. You love who? The girls of Madame Kamei's Filipino Palace. You've been spending our rent money on Filipino hookers. They're not hookers. They're massage therapists. Now massage your cock for money. There's a word for that. I think it's hooker. You're a hooker! Well, wait. Listen, Alex, I make you a special deal, huh? I give you five minutes to pack up all your shit you don't want thrown away. And if you take one extra minute, I have my two friends. They take your testicles and remove them through your anus. Deal. Nice man. Okay, they got one minute and then you. Okay? Posemia, palemia? Okay. Where's the bong? Alex! You forgot smoking lamp! I'm sorry, was that expensive piece? 
So originally, the landlord was supposed to be Italian and named Tony, but then Rob changed it to a Russian guy named Yuri. (laughs) Nobody knew what Rob was going to look like until he showed up on set that day. And by the way, one of the movers is played by wrestler Kevin Nash. And the, you're a hooker line came from Adam Sandler, who was hanging out on set for like 20 minutes. Alex then decides to go over his buddy Dante's house, played by Peter Dante, who's even a crazier stoner than Alex. Hey, Alex! Don't you answer your phone? I've been calling for a half an hour. Oh, I'm sorry. I was putting up my Christmas tree. Dude, it's July. Get the fuck out of here. It is? Yeah, and, uh... Why are you naked? Oh my god, I am naked! Come on in! So Alex has an offer from his grandma, Doris Roberts, to stay at her place, but he initially declines, and he decides to instead crash with his friend Jeff, that's Nick Swartzen, who still lives with his parents, and whose bedroom looks like an (laughs) eight-year-old, including a race car bed. Swartzen just improvised almost everything in this scene. Come in, hurry up. You sure this is okay? Yeah, it's totally cool. Just keep your voice down. My roommates are sleeping. You mean your parents? Yeah, same thing. Nice jammies. Thanks, they're a present for my roommates. That's cool. Here we go. Um, where am I supposed to sleep? On the air mattress. Do you need a stuffed animal? I have a dog. I think I have a bear. Yeah, I have a bear. What are you, eight? At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a fucking sweet car. My roommate said they were going to get me rims for Christmas. Or a CB radio. I can talk to other car beds. That'll be hot. Might get a stereo, too. My sister said I should get an alarm. Shut up. Unfortunately for Alex, he can't sleep, so he decides to jerk off to Jeff's Laura Croft action figure. And this happens. Oh, yeah. Come on, Laura. My cock is lost in the jungle, and it's up for you to find it. Oh, Laura, you dirty, dirty adventurer. Come on, let's go exploring. Why don't you explore my underwear, baby? Damn, you look good. What's under the skirt, Laura? Oh, let's see. Huh? Ooh. Laura, no panties. You know I liked it like that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ooh, here we go. All right, here we go. Jeffrey, what are you doing up here? Oh, 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 my God! I'm sorry! I can't stop coming! I'm sorry! Oh, it feels so good! I can't believe you came on my mom. You might be the biggest perv in the world right now. What were you thinking? I couldn't sleep. I saw the doll. So you can't wake me up to play video games or something? Didn't want to disturb you. You were balls deep in that turtle with a thumb in your mouth. I love my turtle. Anyway, my mom said you could still stay the night. Oh, yeah. That's not an awkward breakfast. Tell her thanks. I'm just going to go crash at the office. All right, suit yourself. I'll see you in a couple hours. Yeah. You can keep the doll, by the way. Oh, I was planning on that. Oh, my doll is a whore. So Alex works as a video game tester at a company called Brainasium. Alex's cube is filled with old school video game boxes like in television. Alan Covert is actually a big gamer himself, so 
Going back to the movie, after sleeping in his cube at work, he is woken up by Samantha, that's Glinda Cardellini, who was sent from the corporate office in New York to oversee his work for the latest video game the company is currently working on, which is called Internal Death Slayer. In a company full of geeky men, the very attractive Samantha causes quite a stir. Samantha meets with the main boss, Mr. Cheezle, <laughs> played by Kevin Nealon, who is like a new age hippie with an interesting managing style, to say the least. Like, he's doing yoga on his desk. And so, actually, Adam Sandler came up with the Mr. Cheezle name. But even weirder than Mr. Cheezle is the supposed prodigy for creating games named JP. This is Joel David Moore, who dresses like Neo from The Matrix and would likely be diagnosed with some sort of personality disorder today. I'm thinking of getting metal legs. It's a risky operation, but it'll be worth it. What's in here? Uh, it's just the kids in their break room. Or as I call it, the stupid idiot room full of jerks. Mine's the biggest office. Let's check it out! Thought you were good at this, man. Oh, oh, flies, I'm a frog. I'm eating flies, a lot more than you. Come on. Oh. Eat that frog dick to me. Eat it. I'm sorry you had to see this. It's all these poor knaves have to look forward to every day. Come on. Yeah. Shit's weak. Shit's weak. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Your shit's weak. You never had a chance, Timmy. I'll get you eventually, Gray Bush. Time is on my side. Hey, at least I have a bush. Shit's weak. Oh, hey, oh. Samantha. Sorry you had to hear that. No, oh, congratulations on having a bush. How do you two know each other? I woke him up here this morning. He fell asleep working late last night. Yeah, well, that's what old people do. They fall asleep. <laughs> wow, JP, that is a great outfit. How much do clothes cost in the Matrix? <laughs> so funny, I forgot to laugh. Hi, I'm Jeff. I have a bush, too. It's not gray. Hey. What? My bush isn't really gray. Well, not according to my mom. I thought I told you to quit talking about that. People keep asking me um, about it. I'm really sorry to have to leave this conversation, but I will see you guys later. Get back to work, testers. Hey, Samantha, don't take the red pill. <laughs> Turd nuggets. Wow. So, walking the halls of this office, you see some tremendous fake video game posters like Gay Robot, which is a nod to Nick Swartzen's uh, character that he created, Canada Must Die. Unicorn Derby, and Ninja Blood Orgy. Since Alex has no other options living-wise, he decides to move in with Grandma Lily. Lily already has two older ladies living with her, which is B, that's Shirley Knight, who is senile and on way too many medications to even count, and then Grace, who is Shirley Jones, a very sarcastic, four ex-husbands, wine-slugging badass who immediately questions Alex, asking how old he is. He's 36. And why doesn't he have a girlfriend? And then she replies with, oh, well, I have a gay grandson too. <laughs> so even though Alex is living rent-free and is fed well, Lily wakes him up about three hours before he's even scheduled to go in the office and has a few chores for him. 
This is an excuse for a montage carrying a giant garbage bag full of trash, carrying lots of boxes, dusting rugs, cleaning windows, vacuuming the living room, where he then finds three dead cats under the couch, which he promptly leaves in place, of course. At work, the team of testers are hard at work trying to find bugs to fix before the uh, video game launch, but JP has his eyes on Samantha. Those losers are going to make sure your game releases on time. Oh, no, of course. Uh, they're, they're the best. I want to get you a black cobra just to go around the neck. JP, I got to stay on top of these guys. Please get on top of me. In his spare time, Alex is working on creating his own video game called Demonic, which he teaches to Lily, and she gets really good at it, but more on that later. Alex decides to get some illegal cable hookup from his buddy Dante in order for Lily to now have cable. You also get to meet one of Dante's random friends, Dr. Shakalu, who looks like a witch doctor from Africa. There are people in this world who still don't have cable. <laughs> Dr. Shakalu gets it. Yeah, he does. Anyways, here's a black box that gets all the channels plus pay-per-view and a bunch of extra wires. Just don't let a cop see it or grandma's doing some time. So, uh, how do you two know each other? I met the doctor at a cockfight in Pomona. He's hooking me up with the lion. It comes tomorrow. Great. Plus, he brought over some crazy Zimbabwean weed that'll turn you into a deer. <laughs> you know that lions eat deer, right? That's true, kid. Doctor, we gotta be careful. Oh, shit, I've been here three hours. I don't have antlers, do I? No, you're cool, bro. Thanks for all this. And, Doctor? Ooh, sorry. Anytime, kid. So we go back at work, and Jeff gets challenged to Dance Dance Revolution. So in my old condo, the person above me decided one day to buy Dance Dance Revolution, not realizing that stomping at very <laughs> random times could lead to an earthquake-like scenario for me living on the bottom floor. That didn't, that didn't end well. Anyway, here's what happens when you play Dance Dance Revolution with a bunch of gamers. Fruit cup. Nice. Way to go, Mom. Challenge. Quiet, Bobby. Can't you see Alex is sleeping? He's not taking challenges. No. I'm challenging you, Jeff. To what game? The Dance Dance Revolution. That's great, Bobby, but we don't have Dance Dance Revolution, so you're dumb. When the hell did we get this? It just came in this morning. Suddenly you're not such a big shit talker anymore, are you, Jeff? Looks like my days are numbered here at Brainnasium. Well, can you at least go first so I can see what I'm doing? Oh, with pleasure. Yeah, lose the Woody Allen jacket. Dreaming, dreaming, grooving. If you know what I mean, it's moving on the scene, all right?
how the mighty have fallen. Good stuff, Bobby. Nice moves. That was hot. Well, let's see what we got here. So if you actually watch the clip, Jeff is dancing like Jennifer Beals in Flashdance, and then Sandler came up with the idea for uh, DDR as well. Kane, who's played by Kelvin Yu, then visits JP's office and tries to suggest some improvements for the new game, but JP has such an inflated ego, he can't accept any other ideas. You didn't knock Kane. I did, but I think that the music was a little loud. Are you afraid of it? No, I, I just don't like techno. You would if you had robot ears. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, I had a suggestion for Eternal Death Slayer. You know the dwarves and the elves? Three. What? Eternal Death Slayer Three. Three. Sorry. Anyway, don't you think that the dwarves on level four look a little too similar to the elves on level six? Might be a little too confusing. Well, that's an interesting theory, Kane, but redesigning all those characters at this stage would be way too expensive. I agree. But what if you just rendered them a different color? You know, that would be cheap and quick. Leave the decisions to me, Kane. There's a reason why I'm the creator of EDS3 and you're just a tester. I just... Eject! He had a good idea. Shut up! Mind your own business. Joel David Moore really plays this JP character well, especially with the computer voice and his multiple personalities. And like a true scumbag, JP decides to steal Kane's feedback as his own and then reports his findings to Samantha in order to try to impress her. So one of the early plot points was Alex lying to his co-workers that he's living with three hot roommates. However, he's caught when <laughs> Willie, Grace, and B show up to the office. We thought it'd be nice to bring him a nice homemade lunch. Oh, that's very sweet. Well, I'm Samantha. Come on, I'll show you where he works. You're dying. Hey, Jeff. Hi. Is Alex around? He has some visitors. Uh, no. No, he's not. Hi, ladies. Hi. Did you go to high school with Alex? <laughs> <laughs> We're his roommates. You're the reason Alex has been tired all week? We have been sort of rough on him, but he is kind of soft, if you know what I mean. <laughs> We're not used to having a man in the house, so I guess we, 
We ride him pretty hard. Oh, that is so gnarly. So where is he? Uh, I haven't seen him. He's definitely not under his desk sleeping. That's a fact. Well, he's probably working hard somewhere. Could you please just give him his lunch and tell him that I've had such fun playing with his new toy all morning, and when he comes home later, he can play with me. Oh, my gosh. What a barf. That is so repulsive. All right, boy. Hey, that's enough. I'm, I'm here. Well, there you are. Hi, Grandma. We missed you. I was somewhere else working very hard on something. Dude, what is going on? This is my grandmother. These are her two roommates. I've been living with them for the last week. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Grandma. Ladies. Hi. Good to know. Dude. <laughs> Jerking off my mom is one thing, but banging your grandmother and her roommates, that's like legendary. You're an idiot. Hey, you, you know what, ladies? Uh, why don't I, come on, I'll walk you out. Okay. No, we're gonna go this way, babe. Oh my gosh. By the way, one of the co-workers is Barry, played by Jonah Hill, which is a very early role for him. Alex realizes that the ladies are addicted to the TV show Antique Roadshow, which means he can't get any work done for the new game he's testing, or even his own game that he's creating. So he buys the ladies tickets to a live taping of Antique Roadshow, much to their delight. And then this news report comes on the TV. A rare breed of African lion was captured in a residential neighborhood. Sir, what was going through your head when you came upon the lion? This shit is fucking crazy. I don't even know how a lion got into the neighborhood. I heard some growling and shit out in the yard. So my roommate and I, we go to check this shit out. I look up in the tree, and there's the fucking king of the jungle. You know, you ladies should really get some sleep. Oh, yes, that's right. We need our beauty sleep because we have to get a lot of things appraised. Come on, B. Come on. You were staring right at me. I almost shit my fucking pants. So I ran inside and called the five off. By the way, Dante's hairstyle is different in every scene, which is uh, which was Sandler's idea. Alex finishes all his work by the next morning, but Jeff, Kane, and Barry are sweating it out before the presentation to Mr. Cheezle. Okay, okay, okay. All right, maybe we can just divide up the levels and just do them right now. There's no time. We're screwed. Are we gonna get fired? I mean, you might. We won't. Well, I hope I do. <laughs> I'm a worthless asshole who deserves to die young. Easy, Kane. He'll be here. You guys relax. Have faith. Don't slit your wrist, Kane. I'm here. Gentlemen, levels 10 through 15. All done. Oh, my God. I told you. All right. Who wants a piece of the gray bush? Still think I should die. Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully that'll keep away the bad energy troll. Samantha, what's the latest? Well, Mr. Cheezle, not only have these guys found all the bugs, but we have detailed instructions on how to fix them. We're back on schedule. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Great energy. Great energy. I had a dream last night. I dreamt I was a dove flying over the sea. And then I dove into the ocean and I swam with the dolphins. I was two animals 
joined as one, which meant good things are coming. Good things. Samantha, why don't you take the guys out for dinner tonight? Samantha takes the guys out for their dinner, but the restaurant isn't quite what they were expecting, and you get a great cameo from David Spade as Shiloh, the waiter. I have chosen our very best table for your party. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. This is our harmony table. Thank you. Take a look, please, at our very exclusive vitamin water list. Oh, I'll look at that, yeah. Enjoy the harmony. This is where we get to have our big dinner, huh? Mr. Cheesel picked it. There's a shocker. This menu sucks. The tofu cakes look kind of good. Maybe. Do they even have alcohol? Actually, we don't serve alcohol, bomber, I know, but uh, <laughs> this must be your first time here at Our Lady Health. I'm Shiloh. I'll be your waiter all day. I'm sorry. Did you say your name was Shiloh? Yeah, Shiloh. That's weird. Jeff. What? It's weird. He meant gay. <laughs> no alcohol? This place sucks. Hey, fella, give it a chance. We do serve shots of wheatgrass. That's cool if you want to be sober and vomit. <laughs> uh, excuse me, sir. What do you recommend for appetizers? Ooh, you know what everyone's buzzing about is the bean sprout quesadilla. Mmm. You know what? There's a Tommy Burger right down the street. Let's just do that, you guys. Yeah, that sounds good. Look, guys, come on. I know the food's a little different here, but it's actually good and good for you. We don't serve it with any grease or fat. If we pay extra, could we maybe get some grease or fat? <laughs> do you have bathrooms here or do I have to shit in a plant? <laughs> <laughs> Stupid fucking idiot, red-shirted ass. You guys think you're so fucking cool. It makes me sick. Let's go make fun of the vegans and their crazy lifestyle. We're not hurting anyone. Go eat a hamburger and choke on a cow dick. Aw, oh, someone missed their yoga class this morning. Come on, let's go. Nice karma, guy blow. <laughs> you said it wrong, stupid. It's Shiloh. Really sorry, sir. You were sweet. So the gang heads to the burger joint instead to find some food that actually tastes like something. However, the ladies back at the house discovered Alex's weed, though they thought it was tea. And you can kind of see where this one's headed. Dude, can we go back to your grandma's house? I have to use the bathroom. We are not going to my grandma's house. Go pee in the alley. I have to pee out of my ass. Oh, man. It's an emergency. <sighs> now remember, they're probably sleeping, so please be quiet. <laughs> I think I hear voices. Is this Spanish? Numero dos, andale. Hey, Grandma. I didn't know you were bringing people. I would have trimmed my antlers. Your grandma's hilarious. Yeah, she's not normally like this. Is that beer? Can I have one? 
Yeah, here, you can have all of them. Where's the bathroom? It's upstairs to the left. <laughs> oh, I love that music. <laughs> Hey, hey, Grandma. Do you, th do you think maybe I could talk to you in the kitchen for a second? Sure. Yeah, some beer. Okay. Uh, yeah, come on. Why don't we have that beer in the kitchen? Okay. <laughs> Grandma, why aren't you in bed? Uh, oh, excuse me. Well, we were getting we were getting ready for bed, and, and then we had a pot of Sophie's tea. What tea? Sophie's tea from the tin on her dresser. Oh, we thought it would be nice to to drink it in memory of Sophie. I can hear my hair growing. You want some soup? I'm okay, Grandma. My grandma drank all my pot. So now Alex is out of pot, so he calls Dante, and then it becomes a real party at Grandma's house. This scene is definitely the centerpiece of the film. Samantha's singing salt and pepper, B is walking around like Frankenstein, and Jeff is hooking up with Grace. It's cool if I invited some of my friends from the crazy beaver, right? Maybe next time you could go a little less on the crazy and a little more on the beaver. There's no trouble, bro. There are people just like you and me. Now hit this joint and have some fun. This isn't the, uh, I think I'm a deer shit, is it? No, you're smoking <laughs> the Frankenstein. Why is it Frankenstein? Because <laughs> after you smoke it, you walk like this. food. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm a cookie monster. <laughs> What's up, mommy? Peanut butter. I love Madame Kamei. In the old man's board, behind the bushes, till I'm begging for more. I mean, what's it like being old? It's gotta be weird, right? I mean, you saw a lot of stuff go down. World War One, World War Two, the automobile, Tupac. I mean, I once gave Charlie Chaplin a hand job. <laughs> no way. Was he silent? <laughs> Not after I was done with him. Oh, he's so cute. You remind me of Charlie. Little tramp, you. Cabo Wabo shots. You're up first, Samantha. Ole, vamos a festejar. I don't think so. Tequila really messes me up. It's supposed to. Come on. Well, you know what? If you don't do it, I'm going to do it. And that's one more thing I beat you at. Oh, you asshole. I feel like Tom Cruise in cocktail. <laughs> hey, you don't really have to do two. I was just kidding. Oh, it's not a Nana's boy. Can't hang. <laughs> wow. Someone ass getting laid tonight. 
Doctor, we're not in the rainforest, man. <laughs> My beef strong. Your beef wrong. <laughs> confession to make uh you were my first really oh that's sweet <laughs> let's see you were my uh i don't know three thousand something word up <laughs> After the party, Samantha and Alex definitely now have feelings for each other. However, JP still thinks he has a chance with her until he hears her voicemails on the phone from the party. Did I get a message? You have one new message. Hey, JP, you fucking freak. We're partying. Where are you at? <laughs> I'll chirp you later. Here's Sam. Hey, JP, we celebrated the game tonight. Stop it. Give me the phone. My name is JP. I'm a robot. I like robots. I have a robot vagina. I am not amused. Alright, so for most movies, I don't really end up doing spoilers, but this is a stoner comedy. Does the plot even matter? Even if you know what happens, the movie is all about the gags, so we're going to play this one out. 
So upset over the party prank call, JP decides to visit Alex at his grandma's house and starts crying in front of him. Alex shows JP the game he's creating, demonic, and JP is impressed and offers to give notes and feedback about the game. So Alex agrees to let JP have his hard drive to test out the game. You can kind of see where this one's headed as well. Alex then visits Dante again and meets another friend of Dante, Mr. Lee Ho, and his monkey. Doctor, hand me a baggie, please. He'll go. Thanks, pal. This guy's not going to rip my heart out of my chest and show it to me, is he? No. This is Mr. Lee Ho. He's teaching me a monkey Taekwondo. I got my yellow belt today. Monkey got his red belt. He's a quick learner. Monkey. Sucker. Bunch! Oh, I got this fat lip. Where's the monkey now? He's upstairs putting his nunchucks away. Yo, that party was off the hook, kid. Your girl can drink her fucking face off. Shut up, monkey. I got company, dude. Doctor, can you tell Mr. Lee Ho to go make the monkey be quiet? Yes, sir. Li Shenshang. Ta shuo jing ni neng bu neng ju lu shang rang hou zi bing jing xia lai. Oh, dan kui. Lee Ho's the real deal. He's full on Chinese. Yeah, I can see that. What the fuck? Mr. Lee Ho? Monkey? So the actor who played Dr. Shakua actually speaks six different languages, so that was really authentic. Back at work, no surprise, JP decided to steal Demonic and claim that he created the game and has Mr. Cheezle present the game to the entire office. Unfortunately, Alex didn't create a backup and it's his word against JP. Alex tells everyone to go fuck themselves and then leaves the office and heads to Dante's. That's right, monkey, play my head. I want you to take the Frankenstein shit, the deer shit, the green monster, the bling, and the bling bling. And I want you to roll it all into one joint. No one's ever been brave enough to try that. One man is. Roll it. I'll smoke it with you, bro. We'll go to the loony bin together. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm videotaping this for scientific research. This shit will be on the Discovery Channel. Don't judge me, monkey. You got skills. What is that ringing? Do I have a tumor? Hello? Hey, Dante, is Alex there? Hold on. Phone's for you. I think it's the devil. Hello? Hey, Alex, you gotta come back to work. I quit there fucking months ago, man. How big to you right now? 
Um, okay, look, there's an emergency. JP revealed himself to be an actual robot, and he kidnapped your grandma, and he's gonna eat her soul out of her head. My grandmother's in trouble? I'll be right there. He's on his way. How much time do we have? Enough time to 69. Oh, just like Don Knotts. Oh, hello, Mayberry. Oh. You gotta give me a ride. I'm way too big to drive to the devil's house. <laughs> drive, monkey, drive! <laughs> Samantha, in the meantime, went to visit Grandma Lily and found out that, of course, Alex did develop Demonic because Lily had played it herself. This leads to Lily challenging JP at Demonic at the office and winning back the rights of the game. I am so sorry I didn't believe you, Alex. You know, I had a dream last night. I was a snake slithering through the grass until I came upon a dead elk. And I climbed into his soul. And it's there I stayed until morning, which meant that I will underestimate someone very close to me. Wow. Where do you get your weed? From you, Dante. Oh, yeah. What's up, Mr. Teasel? Take care, JP. Please sit on my feet. That was not appropriate. So then we go six months later and the gang celebrates the success of Demonic with a new strain of weed called the Brown Bomber. Because when you smoke it, you get so stoned, you shit your pants. So the original ending had everyone celebrating outside the office, but they felt it would be better at Dante's house. And that's it. Grandma's Boy is a lot of Adam Sandler film ridiculousness mixed in with the classic Cheech and Chong stoner comedies. All right, there were some deleted scenes. We'll go through them. You have table six, which was at Alex's cousin's wedding. He goes to the wrong table and talks to his dad, who lectures him about going back to being an accountant and not being stoned all the time. Alex just eats like a pig because he's stoned. Then after his dad's lecture, he shouts, This isn't table six. <laughs> the next one, Chuck made this DVD. JP shows Samantha around the offices and introduces him as one of the testers. Before he can shake her hand, JP... Tells him to back off because JP is very insecure. The next one, not too promising. Alex tries to hook up his Xbox to Lily's very old TV set that she bought originally to watch Ed Sullivan. <laughs> Lily says that Alex needs to pull out the antenna rabbit ears all the way and point it at a certain angle, which really doesn't help when you're setting up a video game console. Granny made a snack. In the kitchen, B randomly says she's made out of wood. <laughs> Lily then wants to bring up a snack to Alex and have him take them out. And Grace cracks that she's never been to a gay bar before. <laughs> Lily says, poo on you, Grace. And B repeats it and laughs. Hot chicks at work. Alex shows the ladies around the office. B gets tired and says, pancakes, fast. Diarrhea and blood. Samantha asks Jeff why Alex is late with his game report, and Jeff says he heard the words diarrhea and blood before she tells him to find the reports to find the report fast. Way drunker than you. JP confronts Samantha at the office about the crank voicemail. Samantha apologizes and says they were really drunk, and JP boasts that he was drinking too and was way drunker. Before Samantha quickly bails to go to a meeting, JP then does his weird computer voice saying, "I'll slam you." 
Get out of my mind. JP sees a parking lot video footage of Alex and Samantha leaving to go to dinner, and JP does his multiple personalities rap between the computer voice and his real voice. Jeff's mom is hot. Quick scene of Jeff's mom leaving Dante's house giggling as Alex gives her a high five. She obviously picked up some weed from Dante. All right, some fun facts. It took a while to find the right actor to play JP, so much so that before Joel David Moore was cast, Nick Swartzen was considered for the role of JP. The director, Goosen, was nervous about directing Doris Roberts, Shirley Jones, and Shirley Knight since they had worked with so many terrific directors over their long career. But he says they were really great with him and they were terrific to work with. The JP robot voice was really inspired by Nick Swartzen, who could do a perfect robot voice. So the demonic game was actually created for the Xbox 360s by the same designer that created Blood Rain, but the producers got the rights for the game for this film. Linda Cardellini totally outlived her push it karaoke dance scene and wouldn't tell anyone what she was going to do before rehearsal. Alright, so who wanted to discuss this movie with me? Well, it was Baco from Cobras and Fire. Great, great music podcast. And so he joins me to discuss this underrated gem. We'll have a lot of fun. And then I will be back next week to talk about a yet another random movie from my DVD collection. Alright, we're back with Baco from Cobras and Fire. He's a return guest, and uh, you never know what movie he's going to have in his collection, because that's how we find him to, to be on this uh, this podcast. And for mm. whatever reason, he is Grandma's Boy, and I was happy he had it, because I think it's an underrated gem. So welcome back, man. Hey, happy to be here, Brian. How are you been? I've been great, and uh, it's always good to talk to you. Uh, we always have a real fun time talking about movies. You you always rewatch them, which I appreciate, so you come in with a, a fresh perspective on things. Yeah, I probably didn't need to with this one, but, you know, you don't have to twist my arm too hard to watch it, you know? Did you see this in the theater? Because I don't know anyone that saw it in the theater. I did not. No, I'm not. I, it's it's long enough that I can't remember if I even knew about it before it was uh, already out. I don't recall exactly. I might have known it was in the theater, just didn't have any interest. But uh, it was through, through mutual friends that it was suggested that I would like it. But I definitely did not see it in the theater, though. Well, and I, I take it you got to be an Adam Sandler fan because this is like a Sandler movie without Sandler. I'm definitely not a hater. Um, <laughs> and this is kind of the, the, the era that that he was doing, you know, probably his his golden age, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the tail end of it. But yeah, this is a happy Madison movie. Um, but he, yeah, he's not in it. But uh, it, it, and Nick Swartzen, he's a he's a St. Paul kid. Um, and one of my close friends up here actually went to high school and graduated with him, I, although I'm not. <laughs> I can't remember. I should have talked to him a little bit before this. I swear he told me one time that Nick dropped out of high school. <laughs> well, the maybe guy he just got kicked out. Oh, the guy. Well, that would make sense. But the guy is a genius when it comes to comedy. He's so far out there, but he's just oh, absolutely yeah. hilarious. And he he's all over this movie, at least with the writing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And even the acting. He's got some of the best lines, you know. But uh... yeah, he definitely does. So, also, are you a gamer at all? So, like, did this appeal to you as like a video game guy? I'm not a huge gamer, but I'm definitely, speaking of Golden Age, I grew up, you know, with, with uh, you know, probably not Asteroids, but like Pac-Man, Centipede, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And then, you know, the Atari 2600 was the most coveted toy of, uh, of my youth. Sure. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I definitely played enough of video games and I enjoy them. I mean, I, I still have one, uh, uh, but, but I've never been like... I've never been very good. Let's put it that way. You know, I mean, I, I, anytime I played games with friends, I pretty much lose other than sports games. But uh, yeah, even those I, I can't really dominate. I did like a Madden challenge once, uh-huh. you know, where they had a big meetup where people come and I, I won one game and lost one. And 
Uh, into the <laughs> real quick side note. Sure. Uh, the guy I was playing. So you're in this like tent, and these the, it's all little TVs, and you're about wide enough for two people, and then there's another TV. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and there's like these little hall like pathways between them. So you're basically the back between you. Your back is another person's back playing the game right behind you. So it's just mm-hmm. they pack it in there. Mm-hmm. And the guy that I'm playing with, I swear to God, he had two hype men. Uh, and like every time he did something right, it was like, Oh man. And I had to deal with that my entire match. It might've, it might've taken me out of my game. I don't think it would have mattered. He would have killed me. He was much better than I was, but that was kind of annoying. But Oh, that's all part of the strategy, right? Yeah. Uh, I enjoy pinball. If I have to choose between the mm-hmm. two uh, things, I know kind of growing up, that was, are you a pinball guy or a video game? But no, I, I love video games. I just, I'm not a hardcore gamer. There's, there's almost nobody that gets into it that isn't better than me. So that's what's interesting. Now, and now we're going to sound old, with the kids these days, they're all into esports, which when we were growing up, the worst thing, the most boring thing you could do was watch someone else play a video game. But now it's like, it's all the rage. Do you, do you get that at all? <laughs> with, I with, do not. The yeah. guy, watching somebody play a video game, there was two reasons. One, you were waiting or you mm-hmm. ran out of quarters. Right. That was it. And you don't want to go home. Like, <laughs> fuck it, I'll just sit around and watch this jackass play dig dug you know <laughs> so no i, I don't yeah. understand it but there, there's it's clearly got a market and it's uh it's only growing so we'll yeah yeah i mean that's that's where it's going but okay if that's what they want that's what they can have uh okay let's get into grandma's boy all right we'll start with uh linda cartellini were you a fan of freaks and geeks not at the time i didn't see it um now, this is during a period that I, if it was on TV, I pretty much never saw it. Um, I, not that I didn't have cable or anything like that, but, uh, I, you know, this is when I was really invested into the band, like from mm. like 97 to about 2011. I didn't see a lot of uh, network TV, and this, this show that show came out during this time. I have since seen every episode, and I think it's amazing. Oh, it's brilliant. That, that's one that died an early death that shouldn't have. Oh, no kidding. And, and th- look at all those people that went on. Oh, all of them. They're all, yeah, they're all superstars. And uh, and yeah, she was great in that. And she she's really good in this as well. And she's gone on to obviously uh, more things. She's in, you know, Marvel movies and things like that. And I want to give a plug to your band because you mentioned that Jesus Chrysler is great. So please check them out. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it was a nice little side there. So, OK, yeah. going into the movie. Uh, when you fir- when you first saw it, were you just like immediately, this is amazing, there were so many great one-liners, or did it take a while to get into? Oh, it was instant. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm well bef- maybe 10 minutes into the movie. Um, pro- probably by the time Rob Sh- uh, Rob Schneider is throwing the bong <laughs> into the street, I'm like, yeah, this looks pretty good. Or maybe shortly after that, when they're getting, like, he's got the uh, the race car bed, and he's living with his roommates who are his parents. and Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that that was all Swartzen. He came up with all the design, all the 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 dialogue, and that 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 was all him. Yeah, he was heavily involved in writing this script, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely with the with the main guys like um, Alan Covert, who was the star. He also wrote it, and uh, Swartzen also wrote it as well. I always liked that Sandler would basically keep his you know same cast of guys in all of his films, almost like what Joe Dante does. Uh, how do how do you like that that he keeps his same group and you know uh, his same entourage, so to speak? I'm kind of mixed on it. I, I guess if if it works, I really don't care that much. But yeah, it does seem a little like uh, like I don't know, maybe broaden out a little bit. But uh, at the same time, he's kind of doing similar type of movies a lot. Do you ever notice a lot of his movies are basically the name of one of the characters? 
Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> little Nikki, Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison. Zohan. Zohan. <laughs> That's right. Chuck and Larry. Yeah. Yeah. I like most of the people he cast, you know, uh, other than, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, shit, the guy who plays Dante. He's great in this, but I really don't care for him in too much of the other stuff, these uh, Sandler movies he's been in. Well, it's funny because his name is Peter Dante, so they didn't mm-hmm. really reach there. <laughs> <laughs> he does nail that character, though. I mean, oh my god, he he, he's so that good. guy. <laughs> well, speaking of characters, so obviously we have Linda Cardellini, Alan Covert's the lead, but for me, it's it's the the women in this that kind of steal the show with mm-hmm. uh, the two Shirleys and obviously Doris Roberts. Yeah, no, the, the the old ladies are great. Yeah, I, I mean, you would have never expected watching the Partridge Family that Shirley, the the stuff that comes out of Shirley Jones' mouth, is <laughs> priceless. <laughs> what were your favorite Shirley Jones uh, quotes? Oh, one that 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 really sticks out is like uh, when it's like, "How much time do we have?" and and uh, um, uh, he responds, "Enough time to sixty nine. And she's like, "Oh, just like Don Knotts." <laughs> <laughs> Every time she drops some fucking really old celebrity that she's she's banged that she's just been whored around, but oh yeah, which is great because I mean if you're watching this as a stoner comedy, you're probably high. You're not going to go back and and try to find out who Charlie Chaplin is. So I hope most people know who Charlie Chaplin is. Uh, but those yeah, those are those are great. And Shirley Knight's basically mute, but she's great and like especially when she's doing kind of the Frankenstein walk during the huge party scene. <laughs> There are some great cameos in this. Uh, obviously, I think the best one, the one that steals the show, is uh, David Spade. <laughs> how I figured you were like... going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> how, did you, how did you like that one? Uh, that's cool if you want to throw up without getting wasted or something. I can't remember the line. If you want to be sober and vomit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where, yeah, yeah, he, he was okay. Yeah, he, he nailed that uh, vegan uh, uh, waiter. So, what, so you just rewatched the movie. What are the things that stuck out now as opposed to when you first watched it? Man, it's the same things. I mean, I've probably seen this movie about 20 times, but um, I love the Dance Dance Revolution scene. It was just like, <laughs> you know, it's like we don't have Dance Dance Revolution and hard cut. When did we get this? <laughs> and, <it's just> like, <laughs> and then like uh, when he, he finally gets up there and of course he just goes to town and, uh, and he's like, uh, new high score. And he's like, and the guys are walking off dejected because they, they challenge him to. He's like, is that good? Did I break it? Is high score? good i don't know that whole thing um <laughs> i love the scene where they come out he comes out of um uh the, the main character uh comes out of one of the offices uh, alex is the main character right mm-hmm. that's right he comes he's coming out of some room and facing the wall is the jp character with his like he's kind of standing all weird holding up his trench coat and I don't know they have a little exchange and he, he uses that robot voice. Right. And, uh, <laughs> but when he when he walks away, he's like, "How did he see me?" Or he says something right. to him and then he just kind of lifts his coat up over his head, like yeah. he's going to end the conversation that way. Um, <laughs> oh, I love uh, the line. Um, he has a lot of great lines too. But when the guy's like, "No, I just don't like tech," you know, and he's like, "You would if you had robot ears." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of little like if you if you miss it, this it bears repeat viewing because you're going to catch it eventually. Yeah, maybe that's why nothing really stuck out because I've, I've I've picked this fucker apart so many times over the years. So, yeah, I've um, when uh, I it, it, this coincides right around the time I actually started uh, you know seeing my wife and she actually moved in before we got married and everything, mm-hmm. and so she has seen this movie more than she probably wanted to. But <laughs> and her kid her kids have seen it more than uh, maybe I should have shown them, but. <laughs> So, yeah, you're speaking of the robot voice. That is a direct reference. I, it's got to be from the gay robot character that Swartzen came up 
uh, from. Yeah, plus it, yeah, yeah. He, he voices it very much similar as uh, Swartzen did for anybody that hasn't heard it, but he has like, I hate your face. And... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually, people, will, I mean, he's, he's such a great villain, if you want to call him a villain, the, the yeah. JP character that uh, Joel David Moore really played that well because he's so socially awkward. I mean, that's how you would think some of these geniuses that come up with these games are kind of like. Yeah, yeah, so maybe I, it was these... I'm looking at some of these here. So maybe I didn't know what the Civil War was or who invented the helicopter, even though I own one. <laughs> I had to beat the Legend of Zelda before I could walk. And what does he say to the, the grandma at the end there? He's like, don't forget I'm a, prod- uh, a prodigy. I can't remember her comeback, but it's brilliant. But Thinking about getting robot legs or yeah. metal legs, it's a risky operation, but worth it. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he totally went the Neo route. I mean, he was kind of like yeah. a Matrix thing, which was definitely of the time. I'm JP. I have a robot. I have a robot vagina. I don't know <laughs> when, when you're in uh, sports is mocking him, but. Uh... <laughs> oh, man. So other notes, what are the other things that you took away from from watching it? Well, that girl gets her boobs sucked on for 15 hours. That was uh, it was kind of interesting. Well, that um, actually, speaking of Jonah Hill, that was his big part. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, that really was probably the, his biggest role. Yeah, <laughs> or we, he does kind of like get disgusted watching Nick Swartz and make out with uh, uh, Shirley, but uh, <laughs> at the end there. But uh, I really like. Um, oh shit! I was just thinking about it, and then we get on there. Uh, oh, th- when when um, when they got to con- contact Alex to let him know that his grandma showed up to defend his honor, right? Uh, regarding the, the game. Um, and he's at Dante's, and they're both just super stoned, and they don't know. Well, even Dante's like, it's for you. I think it's the devil. <laughs> but, um, they both, they're trying to decide how to get there because they're too stoned to drive, and then it's a nice hard cut, and you know, the, the monkey's driving, and, and Dante and, and uh, Alex are just laughing their heads off. and like, drive, monkey, drive! And I don't know. So what's great about that scene, because it is in the... Um... The bonus footage, I get. I guess the monkey loved Dante, and so he he was getting pissed at um, whoever else was in the car. And so when the monkey is kind of like you know pu- pushing his arm away, he's really trying to hit the other guy because he thinks that Dante is being a- being attacked. So it was oh. really funny. Yeah, yeah. So that's one of the, like I probably only have ever watched the unrated version of this. So that's not in the actual uh, original cut. I don't think it, it is, but I think uh, they there was more like an extended scene that they kind of. I got you. Okay. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me. Did you ever see Dirty Work with Norm MacDonald? I did, but I, it's not one that I recall. I mean, it would have been right around the time it came out. Because that reminded me there's a scene where they're taking these crazy pot brownies and uh, and. Norm Macdonald's hallucinating, like he's seeing Gary Coleman get knocked out by Ken Norton, and uh, uh, Adam Sandler's dressed up like the devil. So yeah, I kind of <laughs> I think Sandler likes to go there in these little hallucination scenes. We eat the pig, and then together we burn. Burn. What you talking about, Satan? Come with me! You belong with me! Burn! Burn! All right, so we're, we're kind of talking about stoner movies. I'm going to put you on the spot here. What are some of your top stoner movies for you personally? Um. Well, let me see here. Not really my favorite genre, but okay. I love the scene in Caddyshack where uh, um, Chevy Chase is getting stoned with Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. 
Um, oh, yeah, the one with uh, Dave Chappelle. That's that's a classic. Uh, Half-Baked. Half-Baked. Um, and, well, as a kid, I enjoyed Cheech and Chong movies. They haven't really held up that well, but... Um, I don't know. Those are, uh, like I said, not not always my favorite character as a stoner, but uh, there's just some funny stuff. This is this is probably one of the better ones because marijuana is a constant theme throughout this thing. It is, it is, but it's not like there's also the gamer culture and everything. So I think mm-hmm. someone people pick up on on different parts of the movie. So that's a, that's a good point. So final thoughts: You would recommend this to someone who's into ridiculous comedies? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, this is. Um, I mean, I think this is comic genius. Honestly, I think it's 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 well acted. It's brilliantly written. Um, the cast is really cool. I mean, you've kind of covered all that, mm-hmm. but it just uh, it, it it really is kind of like the sweet spot for Nick Swartzen's kind of you know humor because he was also involved. Oh, what was that uh, Jamie um, uh, Jamie Kennedy movie with uh, uh, Malibu's Most Wanted? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. That was ahead of this, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. But that was that was kind of his like first foray into because I know he, he was involved in writing that quite heavily, but this you know just the the filth coming out of unexpected you know <laughs> areas you know what I mean yeah it's kind of his bread and butter and uh, yeah as a St Paul guy he makes me very proud and uh, uh, now real quick did you know the, yeah. uh, the, the, those Game Informer uh, posters uh, that's obviously uh, most gamers probably know that that's a real magazine or i don't know if it's still in existence but it was around that time but that's also a uh, a twin cities uh, deal oh i didn't know that that's cool yeah um one of the uh one of the guys on there was instrumental in getting a couple local djs voiceover work on grand theft auto uh vice city very so cool. like when you're switching the radio stations in the car they're one of the guys talking between songs so. mm-hmm. anyway going, going back to swartzen are you into his stand-up at all oh i love it yeah yeah I mean, it it he has it, it has its kind of uh, low points, but he always just kind of pulls it together. But oh, I think he's great. Yeah, I mean, he he's definitely a genre type, but he that seems like him. It you know some stand ups you know are kind of embellishing. I don't think he's embellishing at all. No, he uh, he's recently sober. Mm-hmm. Um, I think within the last year. Um, but prior to that, who's that actor from North Dakota? Um, mm. he was married to Fergie. Uh, oh yeah, he's got a weird name, Josh. Uh, fuck. D- oh, D- Dumamel or Dumamel? Yeah, Josh Dumel. Yeah, Dumel. Duhamel yeah. or however it's pronounced. Yep. Um, they were at a Twins game together with a couple other guys. Um, and uh, early on, they asked if Josh would do uh like a live thing for the TV broadcast, right? Mm-hmm. Where. You know, they were just, hey, what are you doing here? You know, and and talk a little bit between like pitches or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he agreed to it, but he had to get bumped for some special, um, oh, an honorary thing for a veteran or something like that. Mm-hmm. The problem is, it went from the second inning to the seventh inning, and this by this point they'd been drinking all day. Now Swordsman was never <laughs> supposed to be part of it, but he was part of the group, uh-huh. and and so he's live on air, and Demel actually does a pretty good job of pulling it together. And just at this one perfectly dead spot, and, and Swartzen's not like trying to like, uh, how would he call it? Uh, he's, he's he's almost oblivious that this is happening to the side of him. Like you know, mm-hmm. he's not paying attention. He's not trying to bomb it. But all of a sudden, you just hear him like, oh, thank God for vodka. <laughs> just live on air. It was just brilliant. Um, but uh, yeah, no, he uh, he. <laughs> <laughs> from the stories I've heard from the people locally that do know him, yeah, he uh, he would like do stand up and then go party with people. Oh you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right afterwards and just get hammered and 
Um, so I, I think he uh, he uh, wrote from experience. Oh, definitely, and and all of his cameos, and because he's usually never star except for uh, he was like Bucky Larson. I think that was like his one one of his few. But, <laughs> but he's great. Like in Reno Nine One One, he plays Terry. I own Bucky Larson too. If you oh, watching. there you go. So, <laughs> and I loved him as as Howie, the guy who won't go outside because he's yeah, a yeah. son, yeah, he's, the bench warmers. So yeah, no, he's he is absolutely great. And I think he really steals the show in this film along with the with the with the ladies. Yeah, I mean, even in the Malibu's Most Wanted, when they decide to get all gangster, like you know, these are all rich white kids. So like his like his gat is like an old uh, musket from like, the Civil War era. Yeah, that's all his dad had. Yeah, it's great stuff. So yes, we both recommend this. If you missed it, check it out. It actually did really well in uh, home rentals because it, it did it didn't do well at the theater. But I think uh, this is a perfect type of. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to pay 15 bucks at the theater, but I'm more than happy to watch it on Netflix. Yeah, I'm like, I won't pay 10 bucks to see it in a the theater, but I'll pay 20 to own it on DVD. Right. <laughs> well, that, I'm the same way, I guess. Yeah, yes. no, I, I get what you're saying there. I just I, I definitely you know bought it brand new and you know, at a time when DVDs weren't, you know, it might have been 15 bucks, but it's probably sure. 20. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's worth it. And it definitely bears repeat viewing, especially because of the jokes, like we said. I think this is better than Human Centipede, too. That's how high I rate it. <laughs> well, coming next week. That's what we're gonna <laughs> so, as always. Thank you so much, Baco. And check out Cobras and Fire. And don't forget uh, the sidecast, whatever, never mind. I'm trying to get a little word out on that. But it's uh, it's been a lot of fun getting into some of the grunge albums. So. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if you're so you're so you can explain. Uh, so you're going through the top twenty five from Rolling Stone for for all the the top grunge albums. Correct. Yeah, Rolling Stone did a list of fifty. I basically cut it in half and said I'm going to go from twenty five down. Um, when you get back, there, I just wasn't uh, ready to commit to some of these records. I, there's already enough in the twenty five that either aren't my cup of tea or I just wasn't that familiar with. But. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been a lot of fun. The feed, uh, the uh, the feedback's been great, and uh, I got an, uh, another uh, you know surprise interview coming up. So it's kind of like a bonus Good. to some of these things. So anyway, yeah, uh, I really it was fun because I was surprised you hadn't heard Degradation Trip before, and because um, I actually I was the guy who went out and I not only bought the the first one, but then when they they released the uh, the complete version, I went out and snagged that as well. And yeah, it, that's it's a little bloated, but you can kind of cherry mm-hmm. pick because there's like, some great stuff on there. On the on the on the the part one and two that thirty one thirty two boy that's some heavy heavy I don't know the, the imagery on those lyrics is just fucking I don't know oh yeah the whole record is dark as hell uh, I I had heard it but it just never resonated with me my roommate at the time had it I had Boggy Depot mm-hmm. and didn't really care for much more than a couple songs so I wasn't interested um until you know i wasn't interested when it came out but i it just i don't know i never sat down and listened to sure. it it's probably a better way to put it but yeah boggy depot is interesting for me it starts off strong and then it kind of it kind of fades agreed yeah yeah and then of course it's tough when you have two volumes you're gonna there's definitely gonna be some some filler on degradation but i think now there's been enough time where mm-hmm. uh you kind of miss you know that you can you can look at it through different ears i guess at this point yeah, we, we focused on the original release because that's what's on the list. Sure. Um, but I definitely, um, reading the story, I became more fascinated with it. And um, and I guess, the, when, when is this coming out, what we're doing here? Probably in a couple weeks. 
Okay. Yeah. So by the time this is out, it uh, I'm, I'm interviewing the producer for Degradation Trip later this week. Oh, awesome. So a, a guy named Jeff Tomei. So uh, he's working on a ton of other stuff, but hopefully uh, that, that'll be cool too. So a little bonus kind of little nuggets for people to, to kind of get into. There isn't a lot of grunge podcast talk out there. So um, it, it seemed like a, an, a, a, a hole I could fill. If, if the ladies I, like that, that term. I, that's right. I, I like how you did that. Um, and no, I enjoy it because, yeah, it is a, a niche that needs to be filled. Uh, there's plenty of uh, KISS podcasts, and I did enjoy the Hot in the Shade episode. Mm, uh, nice. But but I'm having more fun with the, with stuff that I'm not already inundated with, and I think this is it was definitely a great idea. And if it keeps up, you may go back and do, I guess, 26 through 50 if you wanted to. Possibly. I mean, there's a couple records on there that, you know, me, I personally would, would like to get into that isn't in the 25. I, I wouldn't mind getting into Mother Love, Bone Apple. Yeah. Or, um, uh, Soundgarden, Louder Than Love. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, that, that touches on more if I was making my own list. I The reason I went this direction is it's almost kind of force, uh, you know, almost, I don't know, guide the thing basically from beginning to end. If, if I didn't do that, it might actually splinter off and do a lot of different stuff. So this is a way to kind of keep me on track. Sure. And it was smart to kind of started out and if you didn't like it, you could have just pulled the plug which, which yeah. is what you said <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah because we opened up with a melvin's record i hadn't heard and i like the melvin's but you know mm-hmm. i mean i'm not gonna get their whole discography but no not at all and so is is lc not into grunge at all or is he, he was just kind of bowing out well you know the 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 reason he's not involved in this is mainly because is why i'm doing it is that that he didn't with, with everything going on in his life, he just didn't feel he wanted to do another year or even longer, however, whatever we're doing for Cobras and Fire. We're four episodes, one episode a week. You know what I mean? Got it. So so he's basically saying for sure he'll do, you know, one one every other week. And so with that extra filler time, I said, hey, do you mind if I do this as kind of a side thing while we're doing that? Um, he is going to be involved at some point. I'll, I'll, I'll leave that little tease there. Okay, no, he's, he's, he's been super supportive of the whole thing. Yeah, he likes a lot of these things, you know, a lot of the records. Some, but he's had a very similar reaction to you. It's like you know, he, he enjoys episodes almost in spite of some of the music, uh, uh, as far as some of the records I've covered so far. Right, and I think that's that's the the brilliance of what you're doing is if you can keep it engaging enough, then it doesn't matter what what the album is because then you'll you'll learn something. I'm kind of doing the same thing with certain movies. Like maybe if you don't like uh, a movie, you've never heard of them, but you at least give it a shot because you like the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same thing. I really appreciate you saying that, though. That means a lot. No, absolutely. So definitely check out Cobras and Fire. Definitely check out whatever. Never mind. I, I definitely there's a, a personal interest that uh, you'll have to just kind of listen <laughs> and dig. And, and maybe you'll see a touch of, of uh, a little damn good movie memories in there. But thank you yeah, again. A little Marco. bit. Yeah. And it's in every episode. So there's a there's the biggest hint. huh? Exactly. And it's not just, uh, hey, it's over now type of thing, you know. Right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I wish That's I wrote slightly that. Slightly less bigger hint. That's right. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, maybe there are a lot of people smoking weed on this episode. We need to help them out. So yeah. Yeah, you should smoke weed if you listen to this episode. I would. Uh, I would think so. I, that's not a bad thing. So. Or edibles, you know. Or right. hey, whatever it takes. Make know. some tea. Make some tea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you again, Baco. All right. Thanks a lot, Brian. Hey, this is Brian Davis, and you might know me from the Damn Good Movie Memories podcast. And now, get ready for the Bad Beat Show on ThatMetalStation.com from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern every Wednesday night. 
I'm going to play some kick-ass hard rock inspired by the blues, because after all, the foundation of all things rock and metal is, of course, the blues. So join me every Wednesday night for the bad beat, because even when you lose, you still win. We are officially on Spotify now, so if you don't use iTunes, if you don't use the Podbean app, you can go to Spotify and get all of our past episodes. You can stream it on there, so if you're a Spotify user, you can go find Damn Good Movie Me- <laughs> I can't even say my own podcast. Damn Good Movie Memories. Yes, I know what I'm talking about. I'm the host, right? Okay, so go to Spotify, look for Damn Good Movie Memories. You can stream all of that stuff, and yeah, so if you don't want to use iTunes, you don't want to use Podbean, you can use Spotify as well. All right, before we sign off, we do have t-shirts are available for sale. All you have to do is go to TeePublic, that's T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com, and you can get your very own Damn Good Movie Memories t-shirt. You can get all sizes, any gender, you can get whatever you want just at the tip of your fingers. So just go to TeePublic.com, look up Damn Good Movie Memories, and you can get your very own t-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast and are an iTunes user, please do the show a favor and head on over to the official iTunes page for Damn Good Movie Memories. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. This will allow the show to appear higher in the algorithm and spread the joy of this podcast to the masses. If you are not an iTunes user, you can still listen and subscribe on Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook under our Damn Good Movie Memories page. You can also listen to a limited number of episodes on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and be sure to tune in next week for an all new episode of Damn Good Movie Memories. I am Dr. Fuck. And I'm the absolute alcoholic. And we are part of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. We are the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. That's right. And the way you can check us out is we are on iTunes and also Podbeam. And we forgot a review recently. I got this review right here. It says right here, it says, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast is the greatest podcast in the world. And it's my number one podcast signed by Science. Now, and then Science also says... Science! Science also said... My second favorite podcast is It Doesn't Matter, The Rest Suck. Rock and Metal Combat Podcast on iTunes and Poppy. Check it out. Science! Are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there? Check out the Vieira Vault featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Vieira. You will hear personal stories and personal songs from the vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original Vieira Vault on Podbean, Stitcher.com, and iTunes. Spreaker. God damn it. This is Stephen Michael from the Growing Up Rock Podcast. If you're like me and my co-host, Sonny Hollywood Pooney, you grew up loving hard rock and metal music. Check out our podcast where we talk to bands and artists that help create the soundtrack to our lives, along with playing some killer new and old deep tracks of kick-ass guitar-driven rock and roll. 
Find us wherever you find your podcast to listen to. That's the Growing Up Rock Podcast. G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K. And feel free to hit us up at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Growing Up Rock. So sit back and crank it up.